0: You're listening to the What The Chuck Podcast Podcast. with Megan Rage. Good news. My microphone is working. I checked it. I'm not well rested, but I am not in a hurry. So I promise I'm going to be talking at normal speed today. I had a few people reach out and say I, I looked at the settings on... The podcast app when I was listening because I actually thought it was sped up and then you bring it up and say that you're it's not sped up that you're just like hyped and in a rush and on coffee and everything was going wrong it's crazy because after last week's episode well the past two weeks actually I've been having trouble with my podcast server so the week before last what was it um Oh, I couldn't log in. So, if you don't know how it works, like if you're totally naive to how this all works, I don't just like upload the audio to Spotify and Apple. No. I load it to a podcast host, and then they release it at the time and date that I set with all of the, you know, the title and the and the description and the episode number. Like I set all that up in this website, and then the website distribute, distributes it at the time and date that I set to all of the podcasts where you can listen to me. So Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple. It all goes up at the same time. You know, you pay for it, a monthly subscription, and there's tons of different options. There are some free options too, but I really liked the host that I found. It's just kind of unfortunate because I didn't realize at the time that they're based out of the UK. So when I do have trouble, like... In the evening when I record or in the afternoon, they are not available to get back to me right away. It takes a few hours. So the week before last, I couldn't log in. I went to the login page and it was just blank and I was emailing them or I finally I chatted them or whatever. Yeah, I guess chat email. It goes to my email when they finally respond. And they were like, we don't see an issue. And I was like, OK, well, uh, I'm telling you there is one. So like escalate that shit. And I think it wasn't like it was like 10 or 11 o'clock before I finally was able to log in. And I figured out a way to do it myself. I had to go to an old, not important. And then last week, of course, everything was going wrong in that episode. My tattoo point, I can't, I don't, I can't relive it. It's too fresh. Um, And so I was just having like the worst possible day. And then I go to load my episode And it is stuck. You know, it has like a loading bar and it was stuck at the like just it was just like two seconds needed to load and it wasn't loading. And I tried it a bunch of different times and I reached out to them. And like four hours later, they responded back and they're like, we're not seeing anything. We're seeing that those episodes are that your episode 39 is scheduled. It's called Oven Attack. And they sent me a screenshot. And then I sent a screenshot from my end. And I'm like, I'm not seeing that. I'm showing that it won't load. And I'm like, you know, this is really getting frustrating that. Two weeks now in a row, I've seen something that you guys don't see and it's like, it's wasted like 10 hours of my time with those two weeks combined, like figure it the fuck out or I'll take my business elsewhere. And I hate to be like that, but like, fuck, man, I I can't just be sitting here waiting for someone to respond to me and then telling me that they don't see a problem on their end. I'm telling you there's a problem. They're like, oh, maybe the fuck. And then they have the audacity, like the, the nerve to say, Oh, maybe it's the file size. Maybe it's larger than normal. Or maybe you're trying to load a video file. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do because I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. It's not episode 39 last week. Not episode 39 or anything. I don't, I'm i clueless. I don't know. I'm, I'm loading a video of my cat. Oh, silly me. My mistake. Like, fuck all the way off. Okay? Sally, Thank you. How was your customer service? A two. Figure it out. I feel like I haven't talked to an adult. I feel, oh my God, I have like all new respect for people that have puppies. I'm not going to get into that first because I really like to try to <laughs> to keep my thoughts in line. I've noticed that I'm less scatterbrained in my episodes when I try to talk about things as they've happened since I last talked to you. So I'm not jumping all over the place. I normally do things that have happened in my life and then entertainment news. That's kind of like the the groove that I found while doing this for 40 episodes. Welcome. 40 episodes, by the way. That's killer. So last week... On the day that I record, oh, no, no, it was the day after. So the day that the podcast is released, everyone's listening to it, texting me about my eyelashes, texting me about the tattoo, just texting me about everything that went wrong, just like cracking up. And, you know, I was laughing at it, too, especially the next day when, um, you know, I would cooled off a little bit. So I'm sitting on the couch in the living room and I'm doing my show prep. It's the evening and Brett had been making a stew all day. And he was like, "This I, I, I was trying to make it as like Whole30 as possible. So I didn't want him to put gravy granules in it. And he said that that would make it more like a gravy instead of a stew. Anyways, he was like, it needs to thicken up a bit. Don't you think? And I was like, I mean, don't, don't you, I'm not even going to get up and go look at it because what do I know? I don't know if it needs to thicken up. Like I could care less either way. And he was like, I'm going to go to the store while you're show prepping and I'm going to grab some sweet potatoes to thicken the stew up. And I was like, okay. I originally thought whenever everyone was asking me what happened and I had originally thought he went to the store to get carrots, but he went to the store to get sweet potatoes to thicken the stew up. So he gets back like we live super close to the store. So he gets back and he is chopping up the sweet potatoes in the kitchen. I'm still in the living room doing show prep And let me preface this by saying, which I've said before, probably multiple times in this podcast, Brett is severely dramatic. Like it is ridiculous how dramatic he is. Uh, I I mean, I could give you a ton of examples. If you met him, you know, he is just so dramatic. So I hear him go, oh, I chopped my finger off. And I, I don't, I'm like oh, I, I, I really don't even think I say anything actually because I, I, I just I mean I, I don't know he's cut himself so many times with these knives are so the knives that I got for Christmas from my dad and my stepmom Brett has told me that I can't use them because I will chop a finger off and he is like I cut cut my finger off and I'm like okay like oh just, okay let me go back to reading about Bruno Mars and then I don't hear anything for a second and then I hear him like wailing almost in a way, but like a, like a whimper. So I walk into the kitchen and there is blood everywhere. I've never been in this situation before where like I'm seeing blood, you know, from someone else that is like hurt themselves or cut themselves or whatever and I did not thrive under those circumstances (laughs) at all I freaked out I like put my hands on my head and was like turning away and I Brett was like walking all over the kitchen it was dripping blood everywhere so I'm like going behind him with kitchen spray and like paper towels wiping up the blood and the kitchen starting to smell like metal and he's like, put the sweet potatoes, the, the sweet potatoes in the crock pot and we're going to need to go to the emergency room. And I'm like, where's your finger? And he was like, I was chopping and I like swiped it off into the sink. He was like, so it's in the sink or down the drain. I just started running the water and freaking the garbage disposal and had to get that thing out of there. It was it was the tip of the finger. So it's nothing that could have been like stitched back on. But there was so much blood like he told me it was the tip. I didn't exactly make eye contact with it yet, but he was like, whatever it is, it's gone. And we, you know, don't worry about finding it because they're not going to be able to stitch it back on anyway. So. I get him a kitchen towel and we get in the car and we're driving to Kaiser and he is like, wants me to look at it and I can't. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be able to go in with you like COVID times. And Brett, you know how he is. I've talked about it before, how he likes, doesn't like to talk to people, doesn't like this is not a situation where he thrives. So we get there and I go in with him and I'm just, before we went in, I was like, don't Touch anything. I'm like, don't touch anything because you can't put hand sanitizer on. Like, keep your mask up. And as soon as we get in, he leans, he touches and leans up against the railing. And I'm like, please, dear God, I'm like, don't touch anything. And then this family walks in with like seven people, none of them have masks on. I'm just like, what is happening? And normally, I'm not one of those people that's like, put on a mask. But when you're in the ER, I don't know why you're there. You better have a mask on. okay? you got COVID? Put on a mask because I'm not trying to catch that shit. So we wait in this line and we get up to the front and she's asking Brett all these questions. And (laughs) I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. And Brett's complaining the whole time that we're in line. Then we get up to the woman. She's asking him all these questions. And he's like, she's like, what's the pain on a scale of one to ten? And he like takes a really long pause. Then he says a two. And I look at him because he was just complaining the entire time we were in line. And I was like, a two? He's like, should I have said more? I was like, I don't know. Does it hurt more? Like what? And so she checks him in and then I go back to the car. I'm sitting in the car waiting for him to, I don't know, get, I don't know how long he's going to be in there. Meanwhile, I'm freaking out because the crock pot's on at home. And I know that you're allowed to do that, but everyone's seen This as Us. We know what happens. So I'm sitting in the car watching the crock pot on our security cameras to make sure that everything's copacetic. That's how much of a psycho I am. I have the windows rolled down. All of a sudden, a bee flies in the car. I jump ship. I jump out of the car, leave my phone, run away from it. What is wrong? I I could like what what else could go wrong? I get back in the car, inspect, make sure there's no bee, roll up the windows and it's hot, but I don't want to run the car. i like, don't want to run the car, don't want to run the air, but I don't want to roll the windows down because I don't want to get stung. And I'm just sitting there suffering in this car with the sun directly on my face. But I can't move the car because Brett knows where we park. I mean, it is a nightmare. So Brett gets back in the car. And she said that he was so close to cutting a um a tendon. Does that make sense? A tendon? Is that right? And he was really close to cutting something, which would have been bad. They would have had to go in and do surgery, according to Brett. Again, Brett exaggerates, so I can, we can't depend on every single thing that was said. But that's what she said. She also said that there's a vein in that finger, and he did cut that, which is why it was bleeding so bad. So they wrapped it up. It's huge. They put like a splint on it. It's, I mean the, I put the picture on my Instagram. The, his finger was massive. It was huge. And we get home, and he's like, continues to make dinner while I go upstairs and do my radio show and I just can't believe it what's crazier is the day before that the day that I recorded my podcast my sister-in-law's sister who I talk about all the time on this podcast she was cleaning a glass and sliced her hand open and had to go to the emergency room I'm like what are the odds her cut was a lot worse a lot like Brett's didn't look half as gnarly she had to get stitches and like her whole hand had to be in a brace. But in the days after when Brett took off the dressing, I couldn't do it. Like the the first night when he was, I mean, the first night he asked for my help and I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Or it had to have been the next night because it was still dressed from the nurses on the first night. And he ended up doing it himself. I don't know how to dress anything. It's just so awkward trying to do like that finger when you have two set of hands because, you know, you have to spin the, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't, I don't want to touch him and hurt him. So he's just been handling it on his own. And I saw it for the first time maybe over the weekend, and it is so bad. I was like, wait, do you still have gauze on your hand? It's like dead and white, and basically his finger's going to grow back like flat. Oh, it looks so disgusting. It legit looks so disgusting and it's starting to hurt him like really bad. Like his whole finger was starting to hurt. He's like, do you think it's infected? I'm like, how would it have gotten infected? Like we went to the emergency room. We've been putting things on it. So now he like can't get it wet. He has to be so careful in the shower. He um, is claiming to do that. He's not able to do certain things. It's like weird because he can do some things, but he can't do other things, a.k.a. the things he doesn't feel like doing. He's like, oh, I can't because of my finger. And I'm like, "Okay," (laughs) but I do feel really bad for him because I know that it's been killing him. And we have this new puppy and he is like constantly having to watch it. It's just really bad timing. And I think it's going to take a while to heal. And it is just freaking gnarly. He, we came home from the emergency room, though, and he went right back to cutting things up for the stew. I think he put even more sweet potatoes in with the same knife. I'm like, you are brave because I, I mean, I was already scared of those knives. I am never using those knives now, like ever. I did see something on Delish. It was this like glove that you put on and it's knife proof. (laughs) It's cut proof, I guess. Cut proof, cut, anti cut, cut proof. I don't fucking know, but you can't cut through it. I'm like, we need to get those, especially after that. Oh, so bad. Can you believe that after I talked about wanting to meet Cody Rigsby in my last episode, I got an email saying you're almost at 100 rides. Here's a little video to give you that extra motivation or whatever. And it was Cody Rigsby. And at first, I'm not going to lie, when I first opened it, I was like, oh, my God. Am I actually getting a personalized video from him? And then I realize it's just the video that they send to everyone based on the instructor that you take the most. Like if I would have taken more classes from Alex, which it was probably pretty close, it would have been a pre-recorded video from him. But it's still a cool feature. And I feel like that's halfway to my goal of getting a shout-out from Cody Rigsby. It just was so funny that I got it right after I talked about it. Like, what are the odds, dude? Um, I have a funny Peloton Facebook status and it actually has to do kind of with Matt James, which obviously I'm not going to get into right now, The Bachelor, but I am going to read you this status. So it's from the official Peloton member page, and it continues to read. Matt James has a Peloton, and it has been a very prominent character this season. Obviously, because I'm a garbage person, I had to find his profile and analyze his workouts. His profile has 6,000 followers. I, Megan Rage, am one of them. But he is following one account, which is Tyler C. My beef with Matt James is that he doesn't follow the classes. Most of his workouts, he just rides at the same resistance and cadence for the whole class time. He barely changes a single thing through the bulk of his cycling. And if he does, he is making his own intervals. Tyler C. takes and follows the classes. He listens and accepts the, instru- what, the what the instructors tell him to do. Why even have a Peloton if you're not using the classes, Matt? He is choosing classes with amazing instructors and doesn't listen to them. Does he use it for their music choices? Does he use it to look fancy? I'm so confused. The comments on this were so, are so fire. I can't, I don't even know where to start. I can't even read them to you because there are so many. Like thousands of comments. Like Why do you have so much time to look at the cadence and resistance of other people's like what? I could see your friends like if you're like, oh, they did this ride. Let's see how they did. But to stalk a celebrity's Peloton activity, I fucking can't. I fucking can't. I fucking can't. I I'm pretty sure that was the only really bad one that I saw this week. I actually saw a lot of inspirational posts, which also can get a little like, I don't know, (laughs) Hallmark Eve, just like people are. People really ask for it, which some of them deserve the attention and the praise. But some of them I'm like, people aren't dying, Kim. Another thing I have to talk about from last week. This is us. Justin Hartley. Kevin's. What's her name? The girl that had the twins. Madison. Madison had Kevin's babies. Sorry if you haven't seen it. You're a fucking week behind. Spoiler alert. She was in labor. So we all know that. So Madison had Kevin's babies. And after every good episode, I go on Twitter to see what other people were saying about it. I do that with essentially every show. If it's a good episode, I go on Twitter and I'm like, what? What's happening? So I get on Twitter. And... I discovered something that I never knew and I can't believe that I didn't know. And I'm curious to see if you guys knew. So Dan Fogelman is the guy who writes This Is Us. And he is super active on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you probably know that. Um, you've probably heard of him or seen him. You might recognize him. Anyways, his wife in real life is Madison. Whatever her name is in real life, they're actually married. The girl that has Kevin's babies. And I never knew that. And I think that's so cool. Um, I think Dan Fogelman had tweeted something about Madison kissing Justin Hartley how awesome would it be to be an actor or an actress and you like get to make out with other people and it's like it's for work like I had to make out with Brad Pitt for work it's my job Brad Pitt was a bad example because I do not think Brad Pitt is hot who else could I have used Um, Charlie Hunnam, I had to kiss Charlie Hunnam on set today, but don't worry, it's just for work. Channing Tate, it was for work. You guys, I had my first Be My Eyes experience. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you might have already read the story, but it's going to be better when I tell it in person. Okay, so... Here we go. Be my eyes is an app. I've talked about it on a previous podcast. You sign up and then people who have um are who are visually impaired are able to connect with you through the app on a FaceTime call so that you can help them perform everyday tasks. My friend told me about it a while back and she had helped this she's helped multiple people before and like she used this as an example. She said one time this guy called me his wife had just died and he needed help doing laundry cuz she always did that. So he pointed the phone the washing machine and I was helping him you know do the laundry And there's so many volunteers In comparison to visually impaired people That are registered on the app I think it's like 7 million volunteers And like 200 or 400,000 visually impaired people That are on the actual app So every time I get a phone call Or anytime anyone gets a phone call Basically if a visually impaired person needs help The phone call goes out to everyone And whoever gets to it in time Answers the call There have been so many times Where I have missed it by like seconds Or I've been in the shower And it's ringing on my watch And obviously you can't answer it from your watch watch. So Brett and I were actually arguing on Friday night about God knows what. And we had just got done watching WandaVision and he was ignoring me and I was ignoring him. And so I was on my phone more than I normally would because I've already talked about it, how I am not on my phone really at night because Brett and I really try to be present and just put our phones down. So we were arguing. So I'm so happy that we were arguing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have seen this call. And I'm reading articles about the episode of WandaVision that I just watched because it was just so good, but I didn't understand a few things. So I'm reading this article and all of a sudden it says like, I'm pretty sure it pops up like, be my eyes, a visually impaired person needs your help. So I answer it immediately and it says connecting and I'm like, oh my God. And Brett doesn't realize what's going on at first. I'm like, mute the TV. And so he gets closer to me because it, it, a light bulb goes off what's happening when he sees someone pop up on my phone that he doesn't know and it's, you know, that they're visually impaired. And so this guy's like, hey, so he was trying to find chicken breasts. He had Ziploc bags frozen in the freezer of chicken, and he was trying to figure out which one was chicken breasts or chicken thighs. If you know me or just if you listen to this podcast, you know that this is not the call for me. I can barely figure out what chicken is what when it's thawed in front of me. And so, oh, no, thank God Brett was sitting right next to me. I'm like, can you get it a little closer? And the thing is, because they can't see, they don't know where they're pointing the camera on their phone. So he was asking me to identify what was in the bag, but like the phone was facing the sink. And I was like, can you move the camera a little bit? I was like, can you put the camera inside the bag? And, you know, the bag was all frozen. And so we probably spent like two minutes on the phone and we're like, yeah, those are the chicken thighs. We finally figure out which one they are. And then they were like, okay, thank you. And then we hung up the phone and me and Brett were both like, fuck, we hope those were the chicken thighs. And it's so funny because I posted about it and then my friend Kara signed up for the app. And then yesterday she texted me and said, she immediately got a call. I'm like, you bitch, I had to wait months and months and months to get a call. But she got a call and the guy needed help finding a certain color shirt and she helped him. And he was like, I thought this this shirt was, this color because you know they they have tricks like hangers and stuff and he was probably just needed to confirm the shirt color and she was like I was having a hard time seeing it she's like so after we got off the call I was like fuck I hope I gave him the right information and I'm like holy shit I've had the exact same experience like just so funny I'm such an idiot I'm like I don't know I hope those are chicken thighs but after we hung up the call I was like wow that is honestly the coolest. whoever came up with that kudos to them because that, that is honestly the coolest thing Ever to be able to just like for them just to be able to pick up the phone and call someone who can see to help to help them do a task around the house like that is awesome and it just made me feel really good. It's not like I did anything profound, donated money, you know. It's not like I did anything. I and I didn't want to share the experience to like be like, hey, everyone, look at I'm a good person because it, it's really not that type of thing. It 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 actually. After the phone call is over, it prompts you to share your experience on Facebook. It says, will you share this experience basically so that more people know about the app? And I really wanted to because it was so cool. But I know that we're in, you know, the the culture these days is like sharing whenever you do a good deed and you're like, yeah, it doesn't count if you're putting it everywhere. And I didn't want it to come across like that. I just really thought it was so cool and I wanted more people to know about it because, man. I mean, it's just – technology is wild. So I shared it on Facebook, and I shared it on Instagram, and I know so many people that have downloaded it since, which is great. Bad for me because I'm probably never going to get a call again because I'm unlucky. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was so cool. Like, I could do that all day long. Hopefully I get easier questions next time. <laughs> but, yeah, if you don't have the app, it's called Be My Eyes. I highly recommend just experiencing it because it, it's just – I mean, there's so many, like, things that are just wild about it. Like, te- like I said, technology is crazy. It's cool that you're able to help someone. Like, it's just the whole, like, just think about that for a second. Just think about the technology behind that and, like, that idea just in general. I actually want to look up and see who who found, who thought up that idea because it's fucking awesome. So let's talk about the Benny story. I can't believe we finally have the dog. I can't believe I'm not getting any sleep at night. I can't believe all I do is sit in the living room and watch him. <sighs> so, Saturday, we go to pick up Benny. We stop to get a sandwich before we hit the road at Sandwich Spot. We pull up at 10 a.m. They don't open until 11. So I'm like, fuck, what are we going to do? We got, bought our cool bag and everything. So we go to Lomans Plaza and we get a beach hut, which was 10-10. Do not recommend. Not You know I love beach hut, but now we put it in the cooler. And then our plan was to, like, drive halfway and then stop, use the bathroom and, um... Eat the sandwich. So we get... I'm guessing it was somewhere around Modesto. It was called like River West or West River or something like that. And there's this like huge shopping area. It has a Save Mart, a Target like a Chipotle, a Cold Stone, Jamba Juice, Star, but like it has everything, like so much. So we pull into there and we open up our sandwiches and they are soggy and wet and disgusting. I was like, this is a bad idea. So we eat our beach hut and we walk across the way and I get a water bottle because I'd already drank all my water and I use the bathroom because I figured we probably weren't going to be able to use the, the bathroom at the place we were going. So Use the bathroom, walk back to the car. We get in the car. Brett is for some reason freaking out about being early. Like he wants it, they did say to call or text when we're close. So I called and texted, or no, I texted and they didn't text back. But you know, they're like I said, number one, they're older. And number two, there was another person, like it started at 10. So the first people came at 10, and the next at 11, then 12, and then we were at 1. Sorry, it didn't start at 10. It started at 11. So she didn't get back to me. And Brett was some for some reason panicking about being early, which is weird because he is a be early type of bitch. He's like driving super slow and and we get there and he's like, there's a gate and it's locked. And I'm like, yeah, it says here in the email. Let them know when you're here and they'll come unlock the gate. Well, I don't have any service. And they let the other people out that were ahead of us open the gate. This guy pulls up on his tractor, not a tractor, like a quad. And he's an older guy and he comes up to the window and he's like, I'm just gonna let these other people out, um, and then you guys can come in, and he notices Brett's accent and he's like, Where are you from? and so Brett tells him, and he's like, Oh, my sister lives in for fucking something i don't I don't know the town, but it's forty minutes away from where Brett's from and he's like, What a small world like my sister's lived there for forty years backstory backstory backstory. I wasn't really paying attention because I was get really nervous about the dog. And the whole way up there, we were kind of talking about it. And Brett was finally like asking me my feelings on it, because I talk about it on this podcast all the time. i vent been to my friends all the time about my feelings, but Brett and I hadn't really talked about why I was nervous. And I was like, you know, things are going to be hard for a little bit. Things are going to change. I said, every time I've ever had a foster um, animal from Front Street, like, yeah, Chuck's adapted. But every time that I've giving them back to the shelter or giving them to for, to their forever home or in Delilah's case giving her to my dad and then I always remember the sigh of relief when I got home and it was just me and Chuck again like I always used to be like man it's so fun having kittens and having other animals but I just love it being Chuck and I and I said so you just have to like brace yourself because things are going to change so I was thinking about that while Brett's talking to this guy about Um, England I'm like touching my face and I'm feeling a zit close to my mouth and I really want to go inspect it but I can't stop right now. Can't stop, won't stop because it is four o'clock. I still have to do my radio show. Oh my God. My days are just, I can't, I, okay, we'll get into it. The other people start to come out from the farm and they pull up next to us and I don't see the dog inside, but I'm like, what dog did you get? And they were like the girl, the black girl. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) that was our first pick. And I was like, oh, congratulations. So then we drive in They had us get out of the car. We stood in like this kind of like, not a wade pool. I can't really explain what it was, like a lily pad almost and got the bottom of our shoes wet so that we didn't track anything in, you know, they're got puppies around parvo yada 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 so we get our shoes wet and then we put booties on and then they make us sanitize our hands we're obviously wearing masks then we walk back to the back and that's where the woman pat that i've been in contact with this whole time she's standing there in all her glory and it's so funny because i've been contacting her or you know corresponding with her via email this whole time and she's older and you know older people when they're sending emails they're short and direct and to the point so i've kind of like been nervous to meet her because she seems like she doesn't like me i'm so extra i send her like five paragraph emails and she. She's like, yes, thanks, Pat. So I was excited to finally meet her because I had a feeling she was going to be very warm and welcoming. And she was. She was so great. She was like, oh, Jerry, this is the which is the guy that was on the four wheel or the quad or whatever that let us in, she, which is her husband. She was like, this this young lady's on the radio. I don't know why she has a country accent, maybe because it was out in Oakdale. She did not have a country accent in real life. She's like she's and she didn't she didn't sound like that either. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> oh god she's like she's on the radio and I was like yeah you know I am in Oregon I used to be in Sacramento but I'm not anymore and so we were talking about that anyways and then we were like we really had our eye on the one in the white bow And so she pulls him out of the little playpen and then we notice that he's a chunky little fat boy and I knew Brett probably wouldn't want like the biggest dog so we keep he says we also like the blue collar and the light blue collar so she pulls those out of the playpen too and they're all walking around and they're wanting to be all over us and I have the white one in my arms and Brett's playing with the other two and I'm kind of talking to her and after about 30 minutes Brett I was like what do you think Brett you know and he's like I think the light blue one it's really taking. To me, it's like you know, b- picking up sticks and bringing them to me. It's just super playful and like chilled. And I was like, plate, we were looking for something that was playful and chilled, and it was showing signs of both. So we were like, this is the one. So Brett's talking to Jerry. I go over with Pat. She goes over all of the health certifications, the mom and dad's health records. You know, it was checked out by a vet, no health conditions. The knees were checked, the joints, like everything. Clear bill of health. She said this one has a really good temperament as far as like grooming and stuff goes because they had gotten showers, baths, nails trimmed the night before. She, um, you know, had me sign a contract. She gave me some food because our food delivery wasn't here yet. She gave me a little goodie bag with like a ball inside and some treats. And um, then Jerry got a blanket that she had wrapped up and he unwrapped it and he rubbed all the puppy scent. All the other puppies sent on to the blanket and then he went over to the mom and rubbed the blanket all over the mom and then gave us the blanket. When I tell you guys that I could have cried taking the dog away, I mean, it was I was I didn't really think about it till the night before. And then when I was there and like all the puppies were playing with each other, all the black puppies, we didn't even take any of the black and white puppies out of the kennel because it was hard enough picking from the three black ones. Like there's no way we could have played with all the puppies and made a decision in an hour. You know, there's no way. So when we were walking out and when this puppy that we have in our arms realizes that it's leaving Oh my god, it was, I felt, oh my god, I felt so bad. So we're kind of rushed to leave because the next people are there we can see their car at the gate they weren't rushing us I just felt rushed I had my purse in my hand I had brought a little tote bag with thing with items in it and then she gave me a tote bag so I'm just like I have the puppy in my arms I have a pee pad that she gave me a blanket the blanket I brought two tote bags and a purse like I am overwhelmed and I'm trying to get in the car and I just feel like when I finally set us both down it's not very comfortable I just had to pause this and go look in the mirror and the zit is like so it looked like felt it feels like it's ready to go. But I just went and looked in the mirror and it's like so far under the skin. It's not even funny. And then I got a real good hard look at myself in the mirror and I look like I've been through it. Like I look like I'm having a real rough time. Anyways, I get in the car, put him on my lap and it's just not comfortable. Like I don't get him in the right spot. I have two blankets on my lap or no, I have the blanket I brought, the pee pad, and then the blanket with the litter, the litter mate smell over my shoulder and and he's on top of me and he wants to scoot back. He wants to like scoot his little body back. Must be how he's used to sleeping next to them. But he's just like nestling in like the crook of my arm. And then we're driving and there's so many potholes. The road is, is rough. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare because we're two hours away from home. So we just keep trying to get comfortable the way that the car is facing. The sun is beating down right on him and right on my legs. That is holding a hella thick blanket and a pee pad and a dog. And I'm wearing a sweatshirt and I have pants on like it is just all bad. And so, you know, the car ride is rough. He whimpers a little bit. He wants to look at Brett. He wants to face the other way. He wants to back up. I'm trying to move him. Brett's trying to help me. I'm like, focus on the road. Help me focus on the road. Like it's just a nightmare. Finally, we see light at the end of the tunnel. He's starting to whine, but we are so close to home. We pull onto our street and he throws up projectile all over me. I feel it coming. I can tell he's making a noise and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to be sick. So I like, I I create like a, almost a wall with the blanket. I make sure to get the litter mate's blanket out of the way because I don't want him to throw up on that because... I wanted to sleep with that obviously that's going to provide a lot of comfort the first few nights so I put the put the purple blanket up as almost like a shield and it just most of it makes it in there but it splashes places inside the car one of those places being on the lip of my water bottle not like a crystal geyser disposable no this is like my um my my water my water bottle like you know my thermoflask that's what it is So I like see the chunk land on like the edge right where I'd put my mouth and I'm like tight. So we get home and um, get him inside and get him all settled and he's so tired. I mean, the first day I can't even really remember. It feels like it was a lifetime ago because I'm not just like, Drained. we get home Chuck doesn't hiss at it or anything he's like oh and on the way home we went through all the names we're like let's just go back to Polly that's what we were originally gonna call a boy and then I said you know people are gonna ask if it's a boy or a girl right because Polly could be P-A-U-L-Y or it could be P-O-L-L-Y and I saw Brett's face immediately change. and so we get off the phone with his mom and I was like you don't like Polly anymore do you he was like no He doesn't like names that could be boys and girls names. And I am the opposite. I love it. So we're discussing all the names. And finally, I'm like, what about Benny? He looks like a Benny. Like, doesn't he look like a Benny? He's like, yeah, Benny. So by the time we get home, his name is Benny. So Chuck is circling his playpen, sniffing him and stuff. It is no problem. Like, I was like, wow, this is going really well. Chuck isn't hissing. Chuck isn't like making any weird noises, not growling. He's just kind of circling around. Everything was fine. It seemed great, no problems. We were taking him out to the bathroom. We didn't have any accidents. Like I said, I can't really remember much about the first night. It just all seemed like a blur. My brother and his wife ended up stopping by and seeing the puppy. And then that night, you know, I get the heartbeat thing that I bought that has a little heartbeat simulation teddy bear with a heating pad inside. I get the blanket from the litter. We They recommended we put the crate on a table next to the bed so it's not on the floor so that I can see us. So we got a table, put the crate on the table on Brett's side of the bed, and we go to sleep. And the puppy didn't wake up. I woke it up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and then Brett woke it up early in the morning to go to the bathroom, and that was that. And then the next day, I was like, this is easy. After the first night, I don't know what everyone's talking about. This is like walk in the park. Of course, it was a walk in the park on the first day. It was exhausted from being taken away from its mother and its brothers and sisters and being in its first car and being in its first crate and being with new humans like everything was new. Of course, it was going to fucking sleep through the night. Of course, it was a breeze the first night. It was sleeping the entire time. And Sunday was when we got, like, a real rude awakening. Things changed. Like, he was a real... Sorry, I'm drinking water in between because I'm so parched. I feel like that's also contributing to my headache. I feel like all I've been doing is watching the dog. And, like, I'm not... I'm not drinking enough water I normally drink a lot of water Anyways He's still a really good puppy Like he's not doing anything bad It's just that the first day Was so misleading (laughs) And then the second day It was trying to get into a routine And like Trying to establish What we're gonna allow And what we aren't gonna allow Like being on the couch We kind of said at first That wasn't gonna be okay Even though I knew It was eventually gonna be on the couch But I would leave And like go do something Like I came up to do my radio show And came back down The puppy's on the couch I'm like oh okay So the puppy is allowed on the couch And just taking it out and knowing when it has to go out and then also just overthinking everything. You know, I've read so many things like when it's whining and it's in the crate, don't look at it, don't pay it attention because if you give it attention – You're showing it that all it has to do to whine is whine to get your attention. So I'm like trying to ignore him when he's, I'm like just trying to implement everything that I've learned, but it's so fucking hard. I'm like, how many times should he be pooping a day? What if he doesn't poop? What if he doesn't pee? Like just everything. You just overthink everything. And I totally get it now. I totally get how like hard it is. And just, I mean, you just have to take so many things into consideration. I can't even remember all the things that were going through my mind, but I know that it was a lot. So, so we get through Sunday. The same thing doesn't whine when we go to bed. Everything's fine. I wake up in the middle of the night. Brett is naturally wakes up really early. So Brett wakes up early and takes him out to go to the bathroom. First, he wasn't really going to the bathroom with Brett, but now he is. And then this day, Chuck is kind of like not really having it. He's not really around him anymore, not sniffing things out as much. And then yesterday, yesterday was bad. <laughs> yesterday not and again not that anything happened he's still like a really good dog like he doesn't whine when we have to go to bed he does whine when you're not looking at him when you put him in the playpen and he wants attention and that's another thing like I struggle how much should he be in the playpen and like obviously I want to give him love and like cuddle with him and play with him but he also needs to learn to be by himself so I feel bad like leaving him in the pen But I know that that is going to be imperative to his, like, obedience and just the way that he is when he's an adult dog or when he gets out of the puppy stage. So – Just trying to find that balance between like, I want to play with you. You're a puppy. You're new. I want to build that bond with you. But then also understanding like, I'm a pack leader and I need to implement rules. Dogs like to be obedient. They like to follow rules. Hi, can you tell that I watched that new Netflix show, Canine Intervention? It's this dog trainer based out of Oakland. He is amazing. Brett and I binged it this weekend. We learned so many tips and tricks from watching him. So I just struggle with, like, how much do I play and how much do I let him chill? Like, if it were up to me, we'd just play all day. So anyways, yesterday was hard because Chuck was – totally removing himself from the area that we've been in. So that's another thing is I'm letting him get to know this one room. We've been opening it up, letting him explore more, then put him back in the pen. And then later on this week, we're going to move into another room and do the same thing. The whole, everything that I've read has said you need to slowly open areas up to them until you know and are confident that they can keep those areas clean. So first you do the the crate and then the playpen, and then you open up a room and then you move to another room and do, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. Chuck was just removing himself from the area that we were in, from the room that we were in. He was like going upstairs at one point. He was in the closet and we just, you know, we're talking to Benny in the same tone of voice that we use with Chuck. It's just it's hard not to do. And so Chuck gets excited because he thinks we're talking to him and we're really talking to the dog. Or when we are talking to Chuck, Benny thinks we're talking to him. And so yesterday, Chuck just like I felt a shift. And I went upstairs, followed him upstairs to our room. He jumped up on the bed and I laid down next to him and I was petting him. And normally he would be a purr machine and he was not purring and I felt so sad. Like I started crying. I was laying next to Chuck and just crying because I felt that feeling that I felt before like things are changing. And what's hard is that I know that they're going to get better. And I know that Chuck is going to end up, you know, being best friends with Benny and it's going to be everything's going to be fine. And I can go back once Benny's not a puppy and I can give Chuck attention. We can give them attention. You know, it's going to work out. I know that it's going to work out. But in that moment, I felt really sad. And then I came downstairs and Brett was like, don't you miss it? Just me, Brett, or just me, you and Chuck. And I, oh, made me so sad because of course I do. But I know that it's going to get better and we're going to get to a place where we can't imagine what life was like before Benny. But it's just so many things are changing. Like normally Brett and I get in bed at like, no lie, seven thirty, eight o'clock. And now we're having to stay up till eleven because Benny has to go out to go to the bathroom. So we can't just like he's not gonna stay in his crate from seven to seven. Like it's not gonna happen. So We are adjusting the room that we hang out in at night. We're adjusting, you know, everything that we do, waking up in the middle of the night. We're adjusting to having someone else in the house. You know, Chuck's not laying with us anymore. We're used to snuggling Chuck every night. So it's just a lot of change. And Brett is finally seeing what I was telling him all along and that the dynamic was going to shift. But now, what I keep trying to remind him is that it's going to shift again, but this time it'll be for the better. And we just have to be patient and we have have to be on top of shit with the dog training and just, you know, stay consistent with potty breaks and food breaks and everything will get better. And like last night we got in bed, we put Benny in his crate on the table, Brett got Chuck in his bed and we all went to sleep together. Chuck was totally fine. Every time my alarm went off in the middle of the night to take Benny out, Chuck kind of perked up, knew what was going on, didn't run away, let me take Benny out, came back, went back to sleep. Everything was fine. And yeah, normally I'm all over Chuck. If you follow me on Instagram, you know all I do is photograph him 24 7. And I'm not doing that anymore because all eyes are on this dog, what he's doing, when he's doing it, because I'm trying to learn his patterns. And so, yeah, I feel bad. And like when I do go show Chuck attention, he's like, bitch, but I know that it's going going to get better and I just have to keep reminding myself today when I woke up I felt so much better than I did yesterday and I said to Brett we just need to have we need to really focus on having a more positive frame of mind when things feel defeating because animals can sense when you're having anxiety they can pick up on that and so we just really need to be positive because this is going to get better like it's only yesterday what it had been a a full two days like it just feels hard and I was like this is what I was telling you though Things are going to change. And it's just funny, though, because he didn't realize how much like I, I don't think he realized how important Chuck is to our everyday life and it's just really shown him, but I mean, this puppy is just gonna add to that. So I I can't wait to get to that. I know people say enjoy the puppy phase, and I do love how cute he is, and it is so much fun. But at the same time, I'm like, can we fast forward time and get to the like one year stage? Because even though I know that it's still gonna be a nightmare then, and we're still gonna be training, you really never stop. But I know that it's gonna be easier once the puppy understands. Because right now, it's just like fucking eating rocks in the backyard, you know? Oh, and last night it also had a shit on the carpet, and that was the first accident. He hasn't peed and. My dad came over today and was getting him all riled up and his tail was wagging. He was all over the place. My dad was like, it's good that he's not peeing. And I'm like, I take him out religiously. He did poop last night on the carpet and Brett, oh my God, Brett lost it. He went to the other room for the rest of the night. And I felt like he was grossed out by the dog. And I'm like, oh no, I told you this was going to happen. I literally told him this dog is going to have an actual shit on the inside of our house. You have no idea how good you have it with Chuck. And that happened last night because... Brett didn't stay outside long enough with him after he went pee I'm like we got to make sure that he doesn't have to poop too I mean this is like so crazy that we're talking about this right now I would say that it's just really I don't know it's just exhausting I, I really do feel exhausted like today I was like Brett was gone I need to run upstairs and take a shower like when am I going to squeeze my podcast in when am I going to squeeze my squeeze my radio show in last night when I was watching the bachelor woman tell all I wasn't fully focused because I'm like is he sniffing does he have to go to the bathroom does he have to eat does he need a treat is he looking at me what's happening like it's just I feel like I'm just constantly watching him and it is mentally draining and i have way more respect for um like moms because i know this shit is nothing in comparison to taking care of humans so yeah props to everyone that takes care of a living breathing thing or more than one i'm having hard enough time taking care of an animal that i can lock away without someone calling cps it's fun but i can't wait to fast forward time like a week you know this first week is rough and I've talked to other people that have puppies right now and they're like, just wait, give it a couple weeks and it's going to get so much better. I don't want to come across like I've com- I've, I'm have i complaining. I'm just, this whole time that we've been gearing up to have this puppy, I've had concerns and those concerns have been valid. So I'm validating the concerns that I've been overanalyzing for months and that's what it is. My friend Anna put it perfectly perfectly. <laughs> What's wrong with me? My friend Anna put it perfectly. She was like, people romanticize having puppies. You know, that's their hard work and it's true they are hard freaking work I can't wait till we can take it out on walks like right now tonight we're gonna go to the pet store because I need him to associate the car with good things not just bad things because so far it's been taking him ripping him away from his family and then taking him to the vet so I know that he can't walk on the ground in the pet store but as long as I'm holding him you know we can take him out and do things so we're gonna take him tonight in the car to the pet store get him a little collar get him a little treat maybe get him another crate because people are saying that the crate that I have is too small I thought it was supposed to be small so they don't like like they're supposed to be able to turn around in it which he can do like he balls up in a corner sometimes sometimes and I'm like is he even in there like that's how big it is but I did look up the measurements of what his size dog should be in and it is a little bit bigger than the one that I have anyways you don't need to know all this what I'm telling you is we're going to get in the car tonight I'm going to carry him inside the pet store and we're going to look for a couple things and try to associate something good with the car so we don't have car problems later on down in life. But I forget where I was going with this. I'm exhausted. I don't know. I, I can't tell you what I was talking about. I'm excited to go do that later. I have no clue. My train of thought, trash right now. Sorry about it. I wrote this down. I, I would, I'm so glad I wrote this down because I would have forgot about it. So you know my drunk neighbor that I talk about? Holy shit. So they knew that we were getting a dog because that's the whole reason we were pushing getting a new fence. So Sunday we're in the backyard telling Benny to go potty. And we hear the neighbor say, oh, you got the dog. And he's wasted because it's Sunday. And we're like, yep. And he's like, can I see? He's like, oh, it's hard to see through the fence now because before it was falling down. So we could just literally poke his head through. And so he's like, here, I'll stand up on, you know, one of the pieces of wood. So he stands up over the fence and he sees Benny and he doesn't say that he's cute. Doesn't say anything besides, oh, at least you guys aren't racists. Was trying to say racists, but said like rate, like didn't even say the word ra- like what? What is wrong with people? Go, go to the- Oh, I see you guys aren't racists. I wish I could remember exactly the way that he said racist, but I just instantly turned my back and continued to interact with Benny because I don't have. I'm so glad that that fence fucking went up. I can't handle it. So a couple weeks ago. This car just showed up in the front of our house. This sketchy ass guy was out there. The windows were were smashed out. There's graffiti all over the car. He was there all day. It was the day that we got the fence replaced. So the fence people would have normally parked out in front of our house. But this guy had his car parked there and was blocking where they would have parked. And so all day I was watching him. He would look like he was on drugs, would like leave and come back. There were tools everywhere. I'm like, did this guy's car just break down out in front of our house? What's the deal? At one point he was asleep in the car, and then all of a sudden the tire is missing from the car. It rolls around to the nighttime and I'm just like, I can't deal with it cuz he's out there in the dark. He looks super sketchy, so I call the non-emergency line and I report him. Call me Karen. I don't fucking care. I can't sleep at night when that shit's out there. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? Get get away. So the police eventually come, and we're sitting in the front living room, and I'm like ducking because it's kind of obvious, you know, like who you're parked in front of our house. And this this guy who I've never seen before, this car that I've never seen before, talks to the police, and then the police drive off, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I get a no caller ID. And it's the police. And they're like, so we talked to the guy and he says he's your neighbor. And I'm like, well, he's lying <laughs> without even like re- it registering that I'm talking to the police. Uh, I'm like, well, he's lying. And he kind of laughs. And he's like, well, why do you think that? And I'm like, because there's two people that live there. They're renters. It's a male, a guy and a girl, and a woman. They're older. This guy was clearly younger. And he's like, well, he showed me his ID and his ID is showing that he lives there. And I'm like, What? So weird. So they're like, um, we told him to, you know, get the car put back together and to move it back in front of his house. And so I'm like, great. So he definitely does know who called. But I've never seen the guy, never seen the car. So anyways. He puts the tire back on, gets the car running, moves it back to the neighbor's house, and then gets on a bike with like a tri- like a wagon in the back and a kid's bike with a wagon attached and like takes off. And now the car's still there. He comes to and from the house. He looks homeless. The other night I was upstairs recording my show and I heard legit screaming bloody murder Chuck was running all over the place scared to death and I go downstairs and I hear screaming coming from next door like I'll fucking be naked in the backyard if I fucking want to be naked in the backyard and I, I could tell that he's punching something and I'm like oh my god I can't I thought it was just the drunk neighbor and then the kid emerges from the house gets on his bike with the wagon attached and takes off And I'm like, call Brett. because I'm like, everything always pops off at the house whenever you're not fucking here. So I tell him what happened. And I I'm like, please hurry up and come home because this guy freaking makes me nervous. The car is still there. He comes back and forth to the house, never appears to stay there. So I I'm just I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's one of their kids. I know that car is never I've never seen him before that that car. I I don't fucking know who he is. I felt bad that I called the police. But like, what would you do? I'm not just going to have some crackhead on the side of our house with tools everywhere and a tire on the sidewalk, essentially in our front yard with a car with graffiti. Like what? No, I just want nothing to do with these people. Then you're going to come outside and look over the fence and say that I'm not a racist because I have a black dog. Get the fuck out of here. I can't. It makes me sick. And I've been talking to the guy that actually owns a house. He sounds like a sweet ass old guy. I've talked to him about the fence because these people are just renters. And I... I'm not going to I'm not going to but I want to so bad call that guy because he thinks that they're he's like they've been there for 16 years I don't like that they smoke in the house I'm like smoke in the house that's the fucking least of your worries but he's like they always pay their rent on time and I always hear the guys that live there yelling at the woman and so I like I feel bad for her so that's another reason I don't want to rat them out because I don't want to make her life harder I don't know what she's dealing with over there, but I so badly want to be like get fucking boot them out of there and sell the house or get different renters in there. But then, you know, karma could come back around and someone worse could end up next door because for the most part they do keep to themselves. Yeah, in the summertime when we're out there, they're fucking annoying because they want to request songs over the fence. But I mean, it could be worse. I wasn't even planning on telling that story. Again, I don't know how we got here. It's going to take me forever to edit this today because I still have lots of things on my list. That was not on my list. Since we're on the topic of dogs, I want to talk about Lady Gaga's dog dogs. I cannot and the dog walker. I cannot believe that happened. It's just so wild in the media. Them saying like speculating that she was targeted and then it came out that the dog walker was far away from her house at a liquor store and then continued the walk with the dogs, was seven blocks away from the liquor store, like nowhere near her house. I don't think this had anything to do with it being Lady Gaga. I think it had everything to do with there's like suddenly the, this attack on people with Frenchies. The girl in San Francisco, Lady Gaga, like what is it with California and people being, beating or in this case, shooting someone to take dogs for ransom, to resell them. I don't think that they were taking them for a ransom. I think their plan was to steal these dogs and then sell, turn them for a profit, which is so heartbreaking. Like the fact that we live in a world where we have to be scared to walk our dogs if it is a highly sought after breed. I mean, that is it actually makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me sick. And the fact that Lady Gaga, I I think that I I think she did. I don't want to say I think she did a bad thing, but I don't think she should have offered five hundred half a million dollars for the return of the dogs. No questions asked, because that just sends a message that they can do that and claim this big ass reward. And what about how about we offer half a million for information on the suspects, we have the car. What about the man that got shot that was walking your dogs? Like, how about we offer money to get information about who actually stole the dogs? Like, look, I get it. You want your animals back. But I just feel like there could have been a better reproach, approach. So someone, a woman ended up finding the dogs tied to a pole, responded to the email address, called the police, is getting the reward money. Now, the police are saying that she has no involvement in stealing the dogs she was just someone that recognized them from the news or from social media I I mean I guess the police know better and I'm sure they've done their due diligence to rule her out as a suspect but it just seems sketch to me who who I I don't know The whole thing is so weird, but I don't think that this was an attack on Lady Gaga. I don't think it was uh, um, a means to a ransom. I think that people are out here in these streets stealing Frenchies. Surprise, surprise. Miss Chriselle Staus and Keo from Dancing with the Stars are no longer a thing. Whatever happened was fucking big because Chriselle was dragging him on social media. Like on Saturday, it popped off and I took some screenshots. I posted them, but... I took some screenshots just so I could read you exactly what was happening or at least what she was posting about. So first she captions a screenshot that says a separate source close to Chriselle added. They had a fun time together, but in the end decided it would be best if they part part ways. They are still friendly and cordial. It wasn't a messy breakup. Just wasn't the right fit or right timing. A third source reiterated that it was a mutual breakup and they are still friendly. And Chriselle captioned it and said, "Welp, how it started. And then her next slide said how it's going. It's another article from People saying Keo is heartbroken. He enjoyed his time with Crishel and was 100% in it. He had a tough time with his mom's passing, but he really wanted to make his relationship with Crishel last. Adds the source. And Crishel also adds a caption that says, "Okay, I truly wanted to keep this drama free, but playing the victim and bringing your mom into it is a step too far for me." Basically, she says, "Recently, someone made me question if you could even order a coffee without lying." So she's calling him out, calling him a liar. Someone DMs Crishel and says, "I think you're." Too mature for all of this. It's best to ignore it. This comes off kind of childish. Chriselle takes a screenshot, posts it, and said, yes, I'm aware. If I end up alone with cats, it was worth it. Preach, girl. But I'm also human and not a robot. When you are the ass in the breakup and then the other person tries to let you save face and take the high road publicly, probably not best to poke a bear holding receipts. I will try and be a better person tomorrow. Today wasn't the day. She ends up posting another article and it basically says that Keo was caught in a web of lies. He sa- the, the article says he's not denying the fact that he lied to her and is truly ashamed about something he did, which I'm sure Chrishell will share soon. Chrishell captioned this picture and said, was I messy? Yes, but I appreciate this truthful, non-manipulative change of tone. I appreciate all your messages of support by the way let my mess be a lesson to call out bullshit okay dropping this back to peace love and rainbows and then she posted something else saying that she's not gonna expose what the lie was but I just don't believe her because she seems like the type that is messy obviously she proved that so I'm really hoping whatever happens or whatever happened comes out because I'm nosy and I want to know and you can't just post all of that vague booking or whatever it's called when it's on Instagram and then not let us all in on the big secret what did he lie about was he lying the entire relationship like what did he lie about I saw something on Twitter that was like Chrishell for the bachelorette because there was an article a while back saying that um, ABC did consider Chrishell for the bachelorette after her split from Justin Hartley and I, even though I think she's annoying and I would probably cringe half of the season, I feel like she's a, a great option considering how the franchise is going right now. It's a hot mess. Let's jump into The Bachelor. I'm not going to spoil it just in case you don't know. But what really ticks me off is every year I get my spoilers from reality Steve. You don't see them anywhere else. It's not like people or TMZ is posting the outcome of a reality TV show. Like that's just not a thing. Well, it is this season because of everything that's going on. Every website has posted the outcome of The Bachelor because, well, I'm not I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm not going to say. But it's just so frustrating because the one season that I tried to avoid it, it's like in my face, like there's no getting around it. And Matt James has straight up gone on a show and and said what happens, which I feel like you can kind of guess. But anyways, Rachel Carconnell. Put a statement, another statement, a video statement on Instagram where she says nothing for seven minutes besides like we all need to hold ourselves accountable and we need to listen and learn and learn and listen and bitch, you just look stupid. Don't if you're don't say anything unless you're going to say something. Either say something of substance or don't say anything at all because you put your makeup on, you did your middle part, and you put on sweatpants to look all cute and sit in your room and act like you've been crying and say absolutely fuck all. Spare us, okay? Then Rachel Lindsay is off Instagram because she's getting harassed. People are sending her threats, um, leaving racist remarks under her Instagram pictures, all because they're coming to Chris Harrison's defense. And it's also been an interesting divide within Bachelor Nation. Like Jordan Kimball has been very vocal on Twitter about Chris Harrison and saving his job. I honestly feel like. It's gotten so heated. I, I don't know if Chris Harrison's gonna be able to come back from this. I don't know if ABC's gonna have him back. I think that they were hoping to. And I feel like they were hoping that this flame was gonna be put out or die down a little bit, but it seems to be gaining traction and it seems to be growing. After the final rose is now gonna be hosted by um, Emmanuel Acho. I don't, some guy who played in the NFL and he's also wrote in a book, wrote, wrote, he's also wrote in a book and I wish he could tell me how to speak. I talked about him on my radio show this week and I looked up an interview and I learned how to say his name. I'm pretty sure it's Emmanuel Acho, but people are really hyping him and they're saying that if he kills it on this after the final rose, it could be potentially the new host of The Bachelor. And if you missed what he said about it on Instagram, he said, it's official, I've been ex- I've accepted the rose and I'm honored to be hosting The Bachelor after the final rose this year. It's been a pivotal season and this episode will hopefully be one of the most storied shows in TV history. Empathy is needed and change is coming. Share the news, I'll see you then. About me, I'm the author of the 2020 New York Times bestseller, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, a book that answers all the racial questions you've been too afraid to ask, go read it. I also graduated from the university of texas with a master's degree i played for four years in the nfl and i currently host a sports show on sf fucking i don't know sports stuff lastly i love being a bridge of reconciliation for reconciliation our world is disconnected and divided my goal is to unify sorry i'm having trouble reading i've talked about this before when i'm really hungry i like start to slur my words (laughs) that's what's happening right now i'm starving And it's late and I'm starting to stress out about how long this podcast is. It's an hour and nine minutes. I'm going to cut some stuff out somewhere, I think, because it's a little too long. Anyways. I think if he thrives, he could be the new host of The Bachelor because I honestly feel like the way things are going, Chris Harrison is not going to be able to make a comeback. I also don't think that Katie is going to be The Bachelorette anymore. That is who was rumored to be The Bachelorette. But after The Women Tell All last night, I know she sat down and did her whole like, oh, poor me, I'm not good enough, which is like the prerequisite for being the lead in the franchise. Even though she sat down and did that, I don't think that I don't think that they're going to pick her anymore. I think that they are going to need to make a statement. I think they're going to pick someone else. I just don't think that her drama and the tone that she set for the season and the statements that she made and the examples that she set are carrying enough weight for her to be the lead. There's just so much going on in Bachelor Nation right now that all that drama that they showcased this past season just seems frivolous. And it's so... Wild to see all the clips last night from Women Tell All of the dates we didn't see because they were focusing on all the drama between Jesenia and MJ like who fucking cares about them I want to see the pancake eating contest I want to see Kit getting lost in the woods like I want to see Jojo and Tasha sit down with Matt James like why didn't we see any of that this season got the worst edit ever and then the women tell all they you know had to preface it by saying this was pre-recorded like we aren't having Chris Chris Harrison on anything now like they're just it's just such a cop-out you know and Heather Martin was at the Women Tell All last night. They cut her out. She wasn't, she Couldn't. she wasn't visible. She was sitting right next to Kit. It's like, what? I just don't understand what they're doing. Why invite her if you're not going to show her? Why did they all of a sudden cut her out? Why wasn't Sarah Trott there? Why didn't anyone sit down with Matt James? Obviously, everyone had been COVID tested. You couldn't sit. Normally, you sit down with them and they do a little conversation, a little interview. How come that didn't happen? I honestly think Serena P could be the next Bachelorette because she did Good Morning America this morning. Why else would she do Good Morning America? She's the one that self-eliminated. She went home after her hometown. Why the fuck would she be on? Good morning, America. I could see her being the ba- the next Bachelorette. I-, I really think that the Bachelor franchise feels very toxic right now. I feel like it's there's a dark cloud over the franchise. And if they don't figure out a way to get it back on track, it's going to be ruined. I don't know if they need to get a new host in there. I don't know if they need to pull a lead like a Chrishell, someone totally outside of the franchise. I have no clue. But they need to do something because I swear to God, if The Bachelor isn't on, on Monday nights, at least three different times throughout the year, I'm going to lose it. Get it the fuck together. Stop being a racist. Stop talking about other people. Stop saying things that are going to catch up to you years in advance. Just stop. Just be a good person and let me watch Bachelor on Monday nights, okay? Be a good person so that we can watch Bachelor on Monday nights. The after the final rose with Emmanuel, it's gonna be pre-taped, I'm guessing sometime this week. And it's going to be a part of the three hour finale on Monday that I will be watching with a nice cheese board and some wine and two of my friends so that we can tire the puppy out so that I can get a good night's sleep so that I can wake up with it in the middle of the night to take it out to go to the bathroom. I really have more things to say, but this is getting really long. Hilaria Baldwin, she's back and she has another baby, which is wild because she just had a baby six months ago. So surrogacy just became legal in New York two weeks ago. And the surrogacy Instagram account posted, congratulations to h a Hilaria and Alec is what I'm guessing on their new baby. And I'm guessing that they're going to be a part of some type of like, I don't want to say promotion for surrogacy, but some sort of platform to promote surrogacy now being legal in New York. But she hasn't addressed it. All of a sudden she just has another baby. I mean, it's hard to keep up. She has six now, which more power to her. Have as many kids as you want. But Alec Baldwin is getting old. And also, if there's one thing that you need to be hit Actually, you don't owe anyone anything. Be whatever you want. But as much as she posts on social media, we're looking for transparency, especially after the year we had with that bitch. Hilaria. No, girl, your name's Hillary. Where did that baby come from? Please, someone tell us. If there's one thing that you're going to watch this week, Please let it be the Billie Eilish documentary on Apple TV Plus or whatever that streaming service is called. It's called uh, Apple TV Plus. The documentary is called The World's A Little Blurry. Not that I don't think you know how to use Google. I'm sure you could have looked that up yourself, but um, it is so fucking good. I don't I mean, I obviously know the Billie Eilish songs that are on the radio. I follow her on Instagram and stuff, but I don't think I've ever listened to her album. Have it queued up. This Billie Eilish documentary is so fucking good. They've been filming it for a while. Like years, and they've been just documenting her life, and she is rad. Like, she's the coolest human being ever. Her and her family are just humble. They live in the same home that they've lived in forever. Like there's animals, there's dishes in the sink. Like her room looks like a teenager's room. And her initial meeting with Justin Bieber, oh my God, was probably the sweetest, purest thing I've ever seen in my life. I started crying. She is obsessed with Justin Bieber. She was. And then she got famous and she finally met him for the first time. And she just fell into his arms sobbing for like over five minutes. And it is the sweetest thing I've ever seen. It's such a good documentary. I am now a fan of hers and I've heard so many of her songs just from watching the documentary that I can't wait to like be in the car and zone out to the album because, man, it seems like there's some like bangers on there. Anyways, I love her. She is just I've never really looked at I've never really paid attention to her. Of course, I've seen her on the Grammys winning all these awards with the green hair. I've never really like looked at her, though, and she is a beautiful human. So if I can suggest one thing to you this week, it's to go watch the Billie Eilish documentary. Also, last thing I'm going to say is I finally did a foot peel. I know I've talked about that before. I was so scared. I said I was going to do it on Sunday. I finally ended up doing it yesterday. And I feel like I did it wrong. I My heels are like they are hurting. I know that's disgusting. They are fucked up. So I needed to do something. I got this foot peel years ago. I'm like, do these things expire? Anyways, I put it on. I left them on for like two hours last night. Nothing's happening yet. I know it takes a few days, but I feel, I feel like they're not, I feel it. Cause so you put your feet in baggies. I'm sorry if you don't like feet. You put your feet in baggies and then you leave them on for a couple hours till all the moisture absorbs into your skin. Then you take them off. Then you rinse your feet off and then the peeling starts. But I could, I, I put my feet in the baggies. First of all, I've read this in another episode. All the writing and the directions were in like Chinese, some sort of Asian writing. I'm not sure. There is directions in English, but there's like a whole like, hella small ass text all in like Chinese characters on the back and then the smallest little directions in English. So what the fuck else does this packaging say? Like I need to know what all of it says. That's why I was so scared to do it, I think. So I put it on, put my feet in it and there was moisture inside, but that's why I feel like it was expired. I feel like there should have been more and I feel like it didn't get to the back of my feet. I feel like it was really heavy in like my arches and like by my toes and stuff. But I feel like I needed, I need to like slather it onto my heels for this to work. So I'm curious to see if it does work. And if it doesn't, I need to find another one that I can do. Cause now that I have pulled the trigger and done a foot peel, like I'm not scared of it anymore. I think I was scared. Like it was going to make my feet burn or I don't know, but obviously I won't post pictures of it, but I'll let you guys know how it goes. So far, nothing is happening at all. All right. So I guess we're leaving this episode on the note of feet. You're welcome. I need to go downstairs and check on the dog because who knows what Brett's doing with it. Probably letting it eat a pizza and drink a beer because I'm the bad parent and Brett's the fun parent. I guess I should have known that's how this was going to work. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow me on Instagram at WhatTheChuckPodcast. Tell a friend, post it, tag me. I noticed that that stopped and, you know, I know that you can't do it every week. But um, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you like it, tell a friend. Spread the word. It really brings me joy doing it every week, even though sometimes I might sound like I'm a complaining ass, like I have a headache. Oh, I'm so, oh my God, the world's falling apart. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. I would have cut this shit off a long time ago. I really enjoy it. I really love talking to you guys on Wednesdays about the episodes. Um, I'm going to be laying around on the couch all day tomorrow playing with the dog because that's all that I can do now. I don't have any errands that I'm running. I basically have cleared my schedule to babysit. So if there's something you want to chat about tomorrow when you're listening, you know where to find me. Thursday, though, I'm getting my last tattoo. So don't text me then. Okay, bye. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at WhatTheChuckPodcast.